0: Pete Buttigieg is trying to show us that his position is useless and he's useless and he's spent 3 months proving it. Not having toilet paper, paper towels and Christmas presents is actually part of Biden's grand plan and rest in peace to an American hero. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey hey, this is Gene, welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So, Went to Vegas this weekend. We had a great time. I didn't gamble once. We also didn't sit by the pool once. We didn't sleep at all once. The problem is, it's always getting home that's a real pain in the butt. Because leaving Vegas in a car is not exactly a great thing. We got there in four and a half hours. It was awesome. But when we left Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, we didn't realize we'd be getting home Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. It took us eight hours to get home because of the traffic. It was absolutely horrid. I mean, we could probably have taken a plane, but Southwest, which really runs out of Vegas, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, now, Now, I just spent, I'm doing this rather early. I spent most of my day trying to clean up after a Vegas trip, and again, we were only gone two days. I'm not going to tell you what we did in Vegas, because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, that kind of thing, and yeah, a lot of this crap should probably stay in Vegas, but there'll be pictures on my website, so you can take a look at it. By the way, the website, I finally got it up, it finally got it secured, so it's it's going to be working out. Now, I got to redesign pages, fun stuff that I'm going to do after the podcast, but I first thing, is all the excess beer and Trulies that we actually drink. I had to figure out where to put it. I didn't drink as much as I really thought. Matter of fact, I ended up with three or four bottles of those miniature Cuervos. And um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with any of this stuff. So I had to pack it. And then there's also the... There's also the laundry situation. Now, Josie, when we got home, she actually did her laundry right off the bat. Again, I don't live with Josie. So she did her laundry right off the bat, and she offered to do my laundry. And I said no, because I didn't want to actually be... be, I didn't actually want to have to say thank you or anything like that. So I said, no, I'll just do my laundry when I get home. I'm sure I've got laundry that I need to do anyway, so I might as well do it. So here's the problem with that whole theory, is that I do laundry the way men do laundry. In other words, I didn't wear most of the clothes. We were there. As a matter of fact, that's the thing with Vegas. I, I find myself like not changing a lot, um, wearing the same socks over and over again, forget underwear that's unnecessary in Vegas. I mean I'm going to a hotel room with someone I'm gonna marry so chances are she's seen me naked before more than once so I do what most men do I do the sniff test I actually go in I okay I wore these jeans all three days probably need to be washed these socks I can't tell if I wore these socks because I do pack socks and stuff but I don't necessarily wear them because you don't sleep much in Vegas well, I did the sniff test. Now I've got a load of laundry that's waiting to be done. And anything that passes the sniff test, like, it, okay, that's not bad. Uh, I just put away for later on. And then, you know, hopefully I won't get athlete's foot or whatever. But it's it's I'm exhausted today. I I am absolutely exhausted. I had Starbucks coffee before we left. Big mistake. I do not deal well with caffeine. So, but I'm really boring in Las Vegas because I I really, I don't gamble and I don't smoke weed, which is what everyone seems to be doing over there is gamble and smoke weed. But we had a great time. We ended up going to the ice bar, which is something I've always wanted to do. We went on that Ferris wheel that's over there that brings us up 40, 50 stories into the sky. It, It was... It was it was good. It was fun. We had a, we had a lot of fun. And then it was a very exciting news weekend, so that was good. Dodgers lost two against the Braves. That sucks, but it's still early. But this morning I woke up very early, and the first thing I noticed, uh, I turned on Fox News to figure out what's going on, and the general Colin, Colin Powell. The first black secretary of state who served under three presidents, uh, Republican presidents, by the way, uh, before in- becoming an independent, endorsing Barack Obama in his both terms, died at 84 years old. Um, and they say it's due to complications from COVID-19. Now, I won't talk about why complications of COVID 19 is a big thing, considering he was actually immunized and they're still forcing immunization. That's a political thing. I, I, I don't care about that. I shouldn't talk about that. I shouldn't even mention it. But there, General, Co- um, a statement was released by the family on Facebook. It said, General Colin Powell, former U.S. Secretary of State and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, passed away this morning due to complications from COVID 19 he was fully vaccinated. We want to thank the medical staff at Walter Reed National Medical Center for their caring treatment. We have lost a remarkable and loving husband, father, grandfather, and great American. I agree with absolutely everything that was said there. I, I, I thought Colin Powell was great. I wanted him to run for president. I thought he would have been the first black president Condoleezza Rice, I wanted to run for president. She would have been the first black president, first black and female president. But like all people, great people, they don't run because they just don't want to. They have, they, people like Condoleezza Rice, people like Colin Powell, they have an aversion to politics. They don't like it. As a matter of fact, Colin Powell actually said, well, I just can't be like that. I can't be mean. I can't worry about what people think. And he wrote a book called It Worked for Me in Life and Leadership, which I have to read. But he talks about how he is and how he has gone through the military for however many years he was in the military, which was, which was a lot. So let, let's go over Colin Powell's life. Uh, Powell was born in Harlem. New York in 1937 and he was the son of Jamaican immigrants. He served two tours of duty in Vietnam while he served in the army. In 1968 as assistant chief of staff of operations for the 23rd in 1968 I'm sorry he served as chief of staff of operations for the 23rd division became a senior military assistant of the Secretary of Defense under Cast Weinberger during the Reagan administration. In 1987, he served as the United States Deputy National Security Advisor. Then, that was Reagan's last National Security Advisor. He was promoted uh, to a four-star general in about 1987 and became the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Powell was urged by the Bush White House to help convince other nations to join the invasion of Iraq, which he said which he did successfully at the UN. He later regretted it because the intelligence was wrong. this was the um, he wanted to attack Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein uh, said he had uh, weapons of mass destruction. Of course we found out they didn't have weapons of mass destruction that we know of. But we also found out that Saddam Hussein actually said that he promoted that type of intelligence because he wanted Iraq to be a threat so that they wouldn't be invaded. He, he won the Medal of Freedom twice, one of the only people to have ever done that. He was a great man. I, I really liked the guy. I wish he would have run for president, but he never did, and he never did because he just didn't have the taste for it. And I got to tell you, the best president is the one that would never run because they really just don't like the politics. That's one of the things I've learned from, I I, I can't remember, I think it was George Washington said it. He said, this is not me. I I don't want to be president, which is why he, he was president for two terms and then got out. Well, so rest in peace, General Colin Powell. You will be missed. Now, let's get on to some really real news. This is something, this is something brand new, kind of scary. We knew it was coming. Uh, according to some military intelligence experts, uh, China has tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile. These are missiles that can travel. Something like six times the speed of sound. I don't know exactly. But this missile apparently traveled about 21,000 miles per hour. It was actually circled the world and then kind of missed a target, but then hit a target. It missed its target by about 25 miles. The intelligence officers say the government is extremely surprised that this technology is actually in China already. Now, China's been testing hypersonic missiles forever, so this isn't something new. And by the way, where do you think they probably got that technology? Yeah, the United States. So, I, I, I should be concerned a little bit, and I am, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off the concern. I think there're gonna be other concerns here. I think China is still trying to keep up with the United States. It does put our missile defense systems kind of at a um, kind of at a nervous area because our missile missile defense systems actually don't aren't set up for hypersonic. That I know of. I I think we have more technology. Uh, We have laser technology and fun stuff like that. And if we do have some, we do have some laser technology. There's no question about that. But if we have laser technology, 21,000 miles an hour is just not that big of a deal. When confronted about it, China said, they issued a statement and they said that, uh, no, this wasn't a missile test. This was a space vehicle test. Uh, It's possible that's true but here's the thing I really don't believe anything that China says I don't believe anything that China does so I'm going to assume this is a nuclear capable missile test okay now granted it did miss by 25 miles but if this is a nuclear armed missile 25 miles is not that much so it will cause the same amount of damage Now, what is this going to do? What does this mean for us? Probably a new arms race is going to start. That could be a good thing because we saw how the arms race worked with another communist country back in the 80s, from the 50s to the 80s, the Soviet Union. And they couldn't keep up with us. The problem is we don't have a strong president that's going to actually invite that arms race. We got President Biden and we're going to, Talk about this in a second. President Biden just wants to capitulate to China, probably because he's getting checks from China. I don't think this is a good thing. We really need a strong president like a Ron DeSantis. I and I notice I didn't say Trump. I'd like Trump to to be president, but I would rather have a Ron DeSantis or someone like him as president. Someone who's going to sit there and stand to China and say, "Okay, well." Here's the deal. Um, we'll just we're just going to keep up with you. I also think it's time for the United States. It's not just an arms race. It's also a business race. It's a corporate race. It's an economic race. And I think we need to challenge China on that. Now, a lot of people don't know this because it's not really talked a lot about. There nobody talks about it a lot. Is that China is actually looking at a recession right now? They are having power problems. They don't have enough power. They're having a housing problem. They are actually, because they are a a fascist regime, I'd say communist, but I don't think they're a communist regime. I think they're more of a fascist. They have a fascist economy. They really can't keep up with the United States. And what keeps them in tow, is American business moving over there. Nike, for example, sits back and says, oh, China, we are China, which is why you'll never see me wear a pair of Nikes. Um, You've got Apple that's over there. You have Disney that that capitulates to them. I think we're getting to a point now where, okay, the next president is going, not this president, because he's not going to do it. The next president has to sit there and say, Trump did this. Um, listen, you want to manufacturing, fine. You can manufacture in China. You're going to pay heavy tariffs and I'm just going to jack your price up. Now, Biden has been erasing the Trump tariffs on China, which is really a disaster because it is making China, again, more competitive in the United States. But this stuff has to end. And the other stuff that has to end is we need to stop feminizing our military this is this is a serious serious issue and one gal there's this uh there's this person named major general joel Clyburn. she's a woman she actually released on the 14th of october a really bizarre tweet this is a major general i think that's a three-star general And she released this crap. Quote, why the army thinks French manicure is obnoxious, is an obnoxious colored compared to the civilian world, which views it as an understated yet professional look is beyond me. I have been, I have to be in uniform tomorrow. So here we are. It looked nice while it lasted. And she's got her feet up on a th- uh, on a table with her pedicure and she's got her fingernails covered with foil because she's got a french manicure. That is an army general. She's a female, I'm assuming. Because there are no females in the- this is crap that has to stop in the United States. China is shooting hypersonic nuclear missile missiles for testing. And they have actually reported that their military is becoming more masculine. And what is this country doing? We've got major generals that are actually going in and showing us their pedicures. We've got commercials where women animated, animated commercials, which is weird, showing women who are from lesbian families becoming military officers to promote their own special interests. You join the military and now there's a there's talk that Joe Biden wants to charge Navy SEALs who refuse to get vaccinated for their training. Why? Two reasons. One, they're not getting vaxxed. They need to be punished. And two, a lot of Navy SEALs if they don't want to get vaxxed, then they shouldn't. They don't want to. They're in the best shape of anyone out there. They'll go out and become contractors. Earn 10 times what they're earning in the army or the military, in the navy in this case. And still be hired by the United States government unvaxxed. This is the sickness that is this country right now. The woke political correctness crap seriously needs to end because it's not working. Jen Psaki was asked about this today on Monday and she had kind of an interesting take. Listen to what she had to say.
1: And then can you comment on reports that China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile over this summer to the surprise of U.S. officials? Are these accurate and do you raise concerns about China's nuclear capability? Uh, well, I know General uh, uh, Secretary Austin, I should say, uh, was asked this question this morning and addressed it. Uh, but I'm not going to comment on the specific report. I can say and would echo what he said, which is generally speaking, we've made clear our concern about the military capabilities that the PRC continues to pursue, uh, and we have been consistent in our approach with China. Uh, we welcome stiff competition, but do we not? We don't do not want that competition to veer into conflict, and that is certainly what we convey privately as well.
0: But first off, why can she not comment? Yes, I understand she has a direct line to the president, more so than the guy she's talking about reporting to. Why can't she be prepared to give a statement on what the president thinks about all this? She's the president's press secretary. We don't give a damn what the defense department said. We're looking at what the president thinks. And also, stiff competition? You welcome stiff competition? This isn't an effing baseball game. These guys have a missile that can go 22,000 miles an hour with a nuclear warhead on it. Our cities can be blown up, and there's a chance we're not going to be able to stop it. I think this is probably a little more than about a stiff competition. But here's the point. Here's the point of this whole thing. We can't take these people seriously. They don't take anything seriously. They don't give a damn about the United States. They want to change the entire economy. That's all they're looking for. They don't care. It's disgusting. It's sick. I mean, do you think Donald Trump? Yeah, a, hyper, a hypersonic missile. You know what Trump would have said? Oh, yeah, wait till they see ours. Because here's the reality. Reality is we have a lot of time. I mean, we're, we're trying rail guns in space. There's a reason Donald Trump sat back and set up a uh, Space Force. Because we already have military capability in space. I do not see Donald Trump necessar- worrying about this. And he will threaten back. The Biden administration? No, they won't do any of that. They'll just let they'll just let China do whatever they want because that's him, weak. Absolutely weak. So, last story of the day. So, you might have heard that we have a huge supply chain problem that's affecting everything right now. Shelves are empty in stores. We might be running out of toilet paper and paper towels again. Inflation is running rampant. Ships are off the coasts of both the Atlantic and the Pacific waiting to get people to pull the stuff off of the ships. Um, But they're unable to dock because there's no one to actually take the stuff off of of the ships. Uh, Gas is up. $1.50 a dollar 50 since Biden took over. Dollar 30. Let's go dollar 30. It's a mess. Sounds like something the Secretary of Trans- Transportation should be dealing with, right? How do we get the boats docked? How do we get trucks on the road? Yeah, well, who's our Secretary of Transportation? Oh, Pete Buttigieg. You know, the mayor of that small city in Indiana. Tons of experience as a a transportation secretary. A guy who had problems actually getting um, uh, potholes filled in Indiana. Anyway, people have finally said, where is this guy? It turns out he's been on paternity leave since last August, since August. That's right. This gay man, who's married to another man, has decided to adopt twins, or however he ended up with twins, and he's been on paid leave, his salary, by the way, paid by taxpayers, during the worst supply chain crisis in decades, if not in American history. And it's so that he could support his husband and bond with the children. And this is what he was hired for, I guess, is to just go on paternity leave. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, Three months of paternity leave is idiotic. It's absolutely idiotic. I have four children. Okay, I did not go on paternity leave for four months. If I got lucky, I went for two weeks. And you don't need to bond with your child after a couple of months. The kid is... The kid only has two things going on, pooping, eating, and sleeping. That's what kids do in the first six months of their lives. You want to be a, you want to bond, bond at the, at the uh, one year mark. That's when the kid is actually going to know who you are. The other thing with this whole thing is when I took paternity time, and by the way, when I took paternity time, it wasn't paid leave. I actually had to take vacation time. I just saved my vacation time to take it. This was back in the 90s, mind you, when paternity leave wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even a word. That was not a thing back then. It was because my ex-wife couldn't move. She had just given birth. Twice she had C-sections. So she couldn't actually take care of the kid. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's husband is a man. He can take care of the kid. So that's not even a thing. And you know something? And I'm not getting... I wasn't getting paid by taxpayer dollars. So what, what what's the story here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think one of the things Pete should really worry about is the fact that no one really noticed that he was gone. You know, when we see jobs like this, that you're gone for three months and no one notices, maybe it's seriously time to reconsider if that position is necessary. Maybe we should cut that uh, position out. Let Pete Buttigieg run for, I don't know, mayor of something, and move on. Because apparently he's not doing anything. Well, Pete did decide to, this week, this weekend specifically, it was time to justify his existence because apparently a lot of people are wondering. Jake Tapper tore him apart in his interview. Basically saying, why didn't you get someone else to do your job? And he kept saying, well, no, it has to be my decision. Uh, Yeah, you weren't there. He decided to hop on a couple of uh, shows on CNN and talk about the supply chain crisis because, again, he's being seen as a worthless person. After some of these interviews, I bet he wished he never did it. First, he got caught saying the quiet part out loud. Now, granted, I I talked about this last time, I think this could be part of the plan, get people to depend on government and maybe get rid of our supply maybe get rid of our our way of life you know for the environment or some crap so listen to what pete's got to say here
1: so you're doing this 90-day sprint this is what the administration is doing to address these supply chain issues but when you do the math on that of course that takes us into january so that is after of course december after the holidays should americans be prepared Uh, Should they know they're not going to get their packages, they're not going to get their goods in time for Christmas if they're not doing it right now?
2: Well, let me be clear. There is more throughput than there has ever been. In other words, uh, we are processing right now as a country record levels of containers and other goods coming into our ports already. The issue is that there's even more demand than uh, the supply chain can support.
0: Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Oh, we've got so much stuff coming in that, uh, it's just hard to process all this stuff coming in. And no, we're not going to be ready by January. That it's good. It's going to continue moving on. That now that might be a little harder to tell. He makes it really obvious later. Okay. Basically, this is successful. This is all a success right? We've got so much stuff coming in that this is successful. It's working. And no, you're not going to buy your, Chris, your kids Christmas presents because it's not going to be ready. Then he was asked about the Southwest thing. I wasn't even going to include this, but I, I think it's funny because he just flat out lies. I mean, lies. Do you know how I know he lied? Because the Southwest CEO said that wasn't a thing. So let's listen to this.
1: I wanna ask you about Southwest because we saw these disruptions here in recent days. And I just wonder how concerning is it to you that the cascading effect of just you know a few hours of weather and air traffic issues caused this many cancellations?
2: Well, this is another example of a resilience issue Uh, we've seen how the supply chains have not always been nimble enough to keep up with the movement of goods and we're finding that uh, in this case uh, you have an airline that did not have the right planes and and people in the right places when there was this impact mainly from weather issues that that took place in Florida Uh, now uh, that in this case uh, impacted that one airline but uh, we continue to want to see steps taken uh, to make it possible often the limiting factor is uh, has to do with uh, labor as well as as equipment and we need to make sure that we have a more nimble and flexible set of capabilities uh, and that that feeds back to our, our broader systems which again I, I know I keep repeating it but it's why we've got to invest in our infrastructure as a country
0: what a terrible human being okay a couple of things first off first off uh weather had nothing to do with this that's a lie he is flat out lying and the CNN anchor is also lying she's leading him this is. Did no other airline had problems with Florida, and that's the other thing. You notice? Well, weather problems in Florida. Okay, what weather problems? Every other airline, American, Delta, even Spirit, were landing in Florida with no problems. They canceled less than two percent of their of their uh, flights. And you notice something? Hey, no, it, it's 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 a it's it's a problem. Yes, I know give us more money let us give us more power he's saying well we need to pass this infrastructure bill to fix this problem but this problem wasn't a problem you made this problem but now you're telling us in order for you to fix the problem we need to give you more money it's insane it's absolutely insane the ceo of of um By the way, the the fact that Florida's weather... Yeah, next is going to be Ron DeSantis' fault because he doesn't believe in climate change the way that we're all going to die in five years. That's what it's going to end up being. I'm sure CNN said it. It's such a stupid argument. I don't think they will even dare go there. But, I mean, my lord. The CEO of Southwest admitted it was the vax mandate that caused the problem. It had nothing to do with the weather. He had admitted it after Southwest lied about it and they got caught. He admitted. So whatever, but this next clip really shows what the Biden administration is going to be pushing because the Biden administration has to come up with a new narrative for the inflation and for this, uh, shipping crisis, this, uh, uh, supply crisis. And you know what the best way to settle this is, is to say, this is all part of the plan. And Pete Buttigieg, he totally is in on it. And he just basically says it out loud.
3: We're seeing major supply chain disruption in the U.S. right now, causing everything from higher prices to longer waits for products. Moody's warns that these supply chain disruptions, quote, will get worse before they get better unquote do americans need to prepare ourselves for this to get worse before it gets better
2: well certainly a lot of the challenges that we've been experiencing this year will continue into next year but there are both short-term and long-term steps that we can take to do something about it because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. Like my department, working with state DMVs to speed the issuing of CDLs, those commercial driver's licenses, so that we can get more qualified, safe truckers on the road. Hear that? Biden's successful steering of the economy?
0: Hey, here's a newsflash. I I do want to keep up. The recession last year was an artificial recession. It was created by the government in the first place. Um, Our unemployment rate was at 3.5% before Joe Biden took over. It should be at about 3.5% right now. Yep. This is going to be the new talking point. Joe Biden did this on purpose. It makes sense. This is a... Don't believe your lying eyes or your shrinking bank account. This is supposed to happen this way. It's a good thing. It's an awesome thing. (coughs) Huh. absolutely incredible. You can tell this is going to be the new talking point because um, Jen Psaki on Jake Tapper's show basically said the same thing. Now, I like Jake Tapper for this reason. He pushes back. He's not the typical CNN uh, correspondent. He's still a leftist. I think he's probably more moderate. But the reality is this guy really pretty much called it. So listen to Jen Psaki.
3: Inflation is skyrocketing, as I don't need to tell you. The prices for home heating costs, cars, groceries, furniture, rent, gasoline are, are hitting Americans right in the wallet. The, the White House response has been generally to say, hey, inflation shows that we're coming out of the recession, so it's a good sign. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said, in part, most of the economic problems we're facing—inflation, supply chains, etc.—are high-class problems. Now, I get the larger point that when we're talking about economics, we're coming out of a recession. But doesn't it seem tone-deaf to say that rising prices and empty grocery store shelves are high-class problems? Isn't that a bit dismissive?
1: Well, that's not exactly what the tweet said, nor the retweet of the original tweet, uh, which is what we're talking about here. It is true, though, Jake, and economists will tell you this, and I know you've interviewed some of them as well, that the fact is the unemployment rate is about half what it was a year ago. So a year ago, people were in their homes, 10% of people were unemployed, gas prices were low because nobody was driving, people weren't buying goods because they didn't have jobs, now more people have jobs. More people are buying goods. That's increasing the demand. That's a good thing. At the same time, we also know that the supply is low because we're coming out of the pandemic uh, and because... A bunch of manufacturing sectors across the world have shut down because ports uh, haven't been functioning as they should be. These are all things we're working through. What people should know is that inflation is going to come down next year. Economists have said that. They're all projecting that. But we're working to attack these cost issues that are impacting the American people every single day. But there's different issues in different sectors and and many of the ones you mentioned.
0: Everything she said was BS. First off, yes, the tweet said exactly that. It's only going to affect rich people. It, it, the tweet literally said that so she's lying well that's not exactly what the tweet said no that's exactly what the tweet said it is tone deaf it's completely tone deaf because she's rich she doesn't have to worry about it a year and a half ago the unemployment rate again was at 3.5% before the pandemic and then we had to stop for whatever reason We didn't. Well, now we know it's a mistake but we had to shut everything down What she also doesn't mention is 3.9 million people this year have left the workforce. 184,000 last month left the workforce compared to the uh, 193,000 jobs they created, quote created, because they don't. And she's lying. The economists have not said inflation is transitory. Transitory means it's going to go back down. That's not what they've said. They have said that our problems are actually not only not transitory, they might be permanent. They might not go away. And again, it's a good... Again, she blames the pandemic for this mess, and the pandemic is part of it. Bad government is part of it. Bad policy is part of it also but it's a good thing. The economy's recovering. Don't worry that you're paying $2 more a gallon for gas. Ignore that. Ignore it. Jake Tapper wasn't having any of it. And it gets bad when a CNN reporter calls you out. Now, in defense of CNN and Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper typically does this. He's very good at that. Listen to what he listen to him calling her out.
3: Well, Chief of Staff Ron Klain, back when he was a private citizen in 2018 on Twitter, he went after the Trump White House for efforts to dismiss rising prices. Klain asked if Vice President Pence would do what then-Commerce Secretary Ross did and, quote, hold up a Campbell soup can and argue that price increases for basic food items really don't hurt the middle class, unquote. There are a lot of people out there who might say, why did Ron Klain think that rising prices was a serious concern under Trump but not under Biden?
1: I can tell you from sitting in a lot of meetings with Ron Klein day in and day out, he is obsessed with lowering costs for the American people, and that's driven from the President. And how we're approaching that is we're trying to increase competition in the agricultural sector. We're working to get ports up and running, which is an announcement we made earlier this week. We're working with labor unions, with industry leaders to make sure that there's more of a movement of goods. This is our focus every single day. There isn't the same issue in every single sector, but every meeting I'm in, he's pressing for the economic team and others to do more. And that's what the American people should know.
0: No, he's not. By the way, this Ron Klain guy, they need to fire him because every time he tweets something, it ends up opposite of what the the administration is saying. They need to fire his ass. He is not helping them at all. And the other thing is, no, she's wrong. She's lying. And you can tell she's lying because she keeps talking. Now I play I could have cut that bit in half. But no, she just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking. No, Ron Klein said that the rising prices were a good thing. She just said that the rising prices were a good thing. So which is it? Are the rising prices a good thing? Are they affecting everybody? Are the rising prices show that everything's working? Or do we have a problem? And Ron Klain needs to be talked to because he says one thing and he he says another, depending on who's in the White House. It's garbage, and she needs to stop it. This isn't going away. The good news is these people are being called out because regular people like us are, are getting screwed. We're paying more money. I don't know what to tell you. We're just paying more money, and I'm sorry, gas went from two ninety nine to. 437 right now. That's a problem. The average American is paying $175 more a month just to survive. The raising wages are not keeping up with inflation. You're not making 175, I guarantee you. Nobody is making $175 more a month than they were before. Josie got a $2 raise. She's not making it. It's insane. These people are lying. They're being very clear they're lying. They spin narratives. They create narratives out of nowhere. They move gold posts. And that's what they're doing right now. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Like I said, I fixed it. I'm actually going to spend some time today uh, reworking it a little bit because I had to delete some pages. It's now a secured website. I'm so happy. DumbassesTalkingPolitics.com. I hope you guys have enjoy. Rest in peace, Mr. Powell, uh, General Powell. And uh, this is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.